My name is David Hershkovitz. I'm the founder of Paper Magazine, and this is Light Culture. Listen, learn, and stay ahead of the curve as I knock heads with cultural disruptors of the past, present, and future. Light Culture is brought to you by Burb, the Vancouver-based cannabis brand. What luck. You grow up poor and catch a break. As a teenager, you're in a girl group competing on Jamaica's version of American Idol. You come in third, positioned to take your career to the next level. Expectations are high, but that wasn't the path taken by my guest Savannah, at least not at first. For Savannah, the journey from reluctant pop star to a recording artist fully embracing her black female identity is a story of professional and personal maturity with the result that we are gifted by the presence of an artist who has found her voice. And with breakout hits like Mango, and if you only knew, she is ready, willing, and able to share it with her growing global fan base. Welcome, Savannah. Thank you so much for having me, David. That was a a really well-said intro. Thank you. I no, well, you're welcome. No, seriously. Usually, I'm not a fan of introductions, but that that I think was <laughs> realistic and fair. <laughs> cool. I'm glad I got it right. Yeah. So you know, as we were getting ready to do this, you're walking around. I heard you were singing. Oh yeah. Something. What is that? Is that something new you're working on, or is it a favorite song? Or? Honestly, I'm singing all the time, and I couldn't even tell you what I was humming just now. I it just no it's kind of subconscious, maybe. And you were also recently, I understand yesterday, in fact, at the studio doing some recording. Yeah, no, I've been I've been hitting the studio really, really hard. I'm really focused on getting this album done. That's really what I'm figuring out is to just make the perfect, perfect album. That's my goal. So how far are you going? Do you, are you the kind that works and creates in the studio or do you have stuff pretty much done and then go into the studio to record it? Both, both. It's mostly though that I do get the inspiration from before and I have words and melodies from before, but I have also gone into studio and just made songs on the spot. I did that actually in December last year. I met up with Ricky Blaze and he played me a few beats and I wrote the songs in studio. So it really could go either way. Just once the music is, I don't know, speaking to me, I'll, I'll just, I'll write wherever. Well, I alluded to this process earlier in my introduction yeah. of how your evolution from this girl group, yeah. essentially singing covers. What was it that you sang on that show? That What did we sing? We sang It Cheers Me Up. I see you walk with him. I forget who the singer is. Otis Redding, I think. And SVW, Hold On To Your Love. We sang uh, like a Jackson 5 song. We sang, I think, Love Is Wicked at one point, a Jamaican group that yeah. sang that. We sang every every song. And yeah, how that's evolved to me, just writing my own music. It's that I was at that time. By the time I was 16, I was already writing my own music, right? It actually... I fell in love with writing before singing. 
right? Because how writing started out for me was through journaling, my feelings. I was encouraged to do that growing up. I think through Sesame Street, somebody told me, I don't remember who, but yeah, I was journaling at my feelings at first. And then that became short stories. And then that became poetry. And then that became songwriting. So I first fell in love with just telling a story and writing down exactly how I'm feeling and then going back to it and checking in. And consequently, it became a really good way for me to check in with myself. It's a, kind of like a cathartic, therapeutic thing. But yeah, after being on that program and living life, the, the songs kind of just came out of me. And then with time passing and experience and, and performing music, singing and meeting other artists as well and musicians and being inspired by them, you just get better and better at writing and performing and singing. But there was a period there where you weren't sure exactly that that would be your path. Yeah. Sounds like, right? No, you're absolutely right. Between 17 and 20, I would say, because I'd gone back to finish school and then I had started working. Actually, I went to go work for the company that had sponsored the national competition that I was in. I was working in their call center. So just not a glamorous job at all. Just really just trying to figure out a way at the time I was contemplating whether or not I wanted to go to college, because as you said in the introduction, I did grow up in poverty, single parent family. Right. And so I at the time was kind of weighing whether or not I would really go take on the responsibility of taking out a loan and doing school. And then I wasn't sure. Fell into a bit of depression, if I'm being honest with you. And at that point, I had a friend of mine that was always going to the jam sessions out by Jamnesia and the little, I guess you would call them dive bars where you're from. And <laughs> yeah, I'd be performing. And that was the only thing that really gave me any kind of peace. And so I listened to that because it was when you, when you are low, when you're experiencing just sadness, right? Let's call it sadness. When you're experiencing sadness and you have even just a little bit of light, like you really hold on to it right when you're not too far gone so i think i just saw that and was just like you know what? i'm gonna just run with it this is the thing that's giving me peace right now and then as i moved closer to it and started putting up the covers on youtube and my soundcloud recordings and going to studio and and figuring out how to really like deliver a song perform a song properly in studio i became more and more certain that this was what i was supposed to do you know, so sometimes it starts with this thing feels good and then you become convicted. So you have to be in touch with your feelings, not something you can do without actually knowing how you feel and paying attention to how you feel. Yeah. You know, these years are mostly kind of high school years, right? Adolescence, a little bit older, perhaps. You were talking about possibly going to college at that time. And there's this TV show called Euphoria <laughs> that's... <laughs> I know you're a fan of because I saw on your Instagram I posted that cover. you actually you posted the cover yeah. of that song, right? And how does that world compare to the kind of high school life that you were going through in those days? Right. I definitely knew of people who were doing drugs, smoking weed and experimenting. I definitely knew of girls my age who were seeing men who were twice their age, just much older definitely have been definitely have been one of those 
students to like find people having sex in classrooms so you know what i mean like we definitely in jamaica though you're not you don't wear you don't dress up to go to school you just say you have a uniform right all the schools wear a uniform so we that is a difference and then also i think the children in euphoria are really rich so i really couldn't i couldn't speak on um what their whole life would look like but the themes are similar <laughs> The things are similar. That's real life. So you could relate. I can relate. I feel like it is, it's very concentrated and there's a lot of drama all the time for Euphoria because it is a TV show and they need to like keep the storyline going and keep it like interesting and keep people's attention. But yeah, it, those things do happen. Maybe not in the same volume, right? But it does happen. Yeah, well, yeah, the intensity yeah. of a TV show. I mean, nobody could live that kind of intense life every second no. of 60 minutes. Exactly. So, yeah, so back to, uh, you know, for your studio work, and I know you started working with Protégé. Yeah. And lots of stuff has happened since there. He's obviously a brilliant producer, performer. He was instrumental in you as well as Lila Ike, who was on the show as well. And yeah. Coffee and others seem to have like a, a way of working with women and helping to develop this kind of new sound that I feel is coming out of Jamaica and that you're representing that, which is kind of like a new reggae, a new kind of version. I don't even know if it's reggae. Would you call it reggae or how do you describe it? You know, I really would not. I was just having this conversation with my godfather and his friends and they were like, so what kind of music do you make? And I was like, you know, I really don't know if I'd get into describing it because I feel like even now, ESPs are having a difficult time of categorizing, right? Because you'll have 10 different sounds being categorized as punk, for example. Right. And I think if you're listening, sure. if you're listening to all the music that's being created around the world, even people who are speaking different languages and are just like the roots of their music are coming from elsewhere, other than like Africa, where it's so clearly its own sound and feeling and frequency, I think it's all just like blending together. So I think we might just be on the cusp right now as far as like in the world sonically where there's just like a new sound in general that's happening and that of course would pull every every territory in the world into it right the way hip-hop did for example yeah 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 I don't, I don't know if i'm right i just you know it's a theory i might be wrong i don't know i don't know either i mean jamaica's obviously been associated with reggae yeah. for quite a while now and it's the roots music and for a lot of people, when they hear that term, they think of Bob Marley. Mm -hmm. They absolutely do. All the greats of the past. And so it must make it difficult for you and your generation to try to forge this new sound mm. that still honors the past, yeah. but it's still willing to take chances and move in another direction. You know what it is? I don't find it difficult at all. Yeah, and I'm actually not really even interested in defending. Like, if you're going to call my music reggae, no problem. You know what I'm saying? Like, my my thing is, how I would describe myself is as a Jamaican artist. I'm very proud of where I'm from. I'm very proud of my culture. I love my people. Um, I love geographically where we're at. I love the culture. I love the food. I love the energy here. And um really proud of that. However, like I wouldn't get into describing my song, but if you, however you want to describe it, however it translates to you, <laughs> I think I, I 100% respect it. And yeah. Well, there's a whole new sound even in the US in terms yeah. of black music that has a more R&B inflected mm -hmm. 
sound that you are closer to as well that's not hard hip-hop or not anything pure in the sense that we think about yeah. genres of what that is supposed to sound like. So I feel like there's an evolution in this sound that's going mm -hmm. on right now mm -hmm. in any case. Do you find a lot of support outside of Jamaica as well? What are your biggest audiences that you find outside of Jamaica? Uh, my biggest audience is outside of Jamaica. Actually, I have more US followers than anything else right now, just like across my social media, like YouTube and everywhere. And also London is another space. Jamaica is definitely up there. There's a huge number of people from Jamaica who are also in support of it and click into my music. But yeah, I definitely would say that there is support for my music outside of and the Africa. Jamaican diaspora. And Africa, yes, and Africa. I forgot to say, how could I? But yeah. Okay, no, um, I'm just curious because I speak to a lot of different people from all parts of the world, including Africa, Jamaica, US, and wherever. And I'm always trying to find out what's going on and how these different yeah. worlds are intersecting because yeah. it's very hard to understand. You have a better perspective because you're an artist and you go to all these yeah. places and you, yeah. know, you have a, something that's out there for the people to relate to. Yeah. And I'm always curious how that is working. No, it is. It is. Africa seems to really like me so far. You know, I don't know if I've quite exploded there yet. Like you get your big bus in Africa. Like, you know, when people talk about getting a bus, I don't know if you know. Sure. Anyway, but yeah, just yeah, the, yeah, the, no. <laughs> I haven't quite gone viral in Africa is how I guess you would say it. But I keep getting people from Africa reaching out like, oh, um, I'd love it if you worked on this. This, I'm a producer from Ghana and I want you to do this. And I we run this playlist here. And can you please just send us a drop? We're featuring your music all month long, da, da, da. So exactly. it's definitely yeah. interesting. And I love it. I've been to Africa one time and it was uh, via Senegal. And I have not been the same. It, it definitely, it means a lot to me to have yeah. that support from Africa. Totally, yeah. And I'm becoming more aware of it as well. And just from the people I talk to and hearing what's going on there. It's like a very, very vibrant cultural renaissance there happening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's unfiltered. It's unfiltered. Like it's not trying to really be anything, anything else. I don't know. I might be romanticizing it a little bit, but I tend to do yeah, that with probably. everything. So <laughs> yeah, but I love, I love Africa. So just back to protege for a minute, because I was like fascinated by when I heard about him and what he had been doing and working with these women, particularly coming up with this new sound. And now I understand you guys are not working together anymore. I'm not sure what is the situation there. Oh, there is no situation. It's oh, all okay. love and, it, and it'll all ever be love. You know what I mean? Like I respect him a lot. And, you know, he, he was one of the first persons to see me and be like, oh my God, I love your sound. I love what you're trying to do. I hear what you're saying. I see your vision, right? Um, and at that time when I met him, he was a much more experienced artist. I was just entering the industry. So to have him sit and listen to me, I was, I was, I was, I was inspired by that. I was like, wow. You're actually not telling me to shut up. Like I'm, you know, I don't know anything, right? And so, yeah, it's it's all of an all respect. I I'm actually inspired by him in the way that he began his own label and is moving in complete autonomy, and that is something that I am trying to model as well. Yeah. Wow. So, so you want to start your own label? Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the goal. And wow, tell um, me. And that, and that's something that he is encouraging. So you know. Fabulous. It's, it's all so what was 
Do you have a name for it yet? I will not. I will not say just yet. <laughs> I will not say just yet. I definitely. You know, you have. You have to make it work, right? So no, that's that. That's the real trial to make it work. So once I'm in a place where I'm like, you know what, it's working. Let me call David. Let me tell him the name. Let me tell, us, tell him. Let me let me tell him what we've I, been I doing. I want to be the first to know. Definitely on your list. <laughs> yeah. And be. so, what is your vision for the label in terms of the kind of music you want to record and the artists you want to work with? Okay. Right. So you are asking all of the very big questions. I'm I'm at the I'm at the very beginning. I'm I at know, the very beginning early, of building it. But just like it. dream, dream, dream with me. Okay, so I can say that as far as the vision, the goal for the label is to good ethics, right? Good music, right? And good vibes. Something that is on it's a legacy of goodness and fairness and and because because the music industry is, is quite shady and and it, <gasps> no you know what I'm saying? no for real yes, like it, no, it, I'm it, of course it's full up of people like just no mean you know good and so i would want to represent everything that can be good and is good for the music industry with my my label with my company yeah because i know you're very outspoken I, as i alluded to earlier not just in terms of your music but in your opinions that you I do. Are- <laughs> I am. <laughs> I talk a lot. I have a lot of things to say. Um, well, I pulled back. I've, I've been listening more. But I do okay. have the things that I actually do care about and have thought about and done research on. I I do offer, you know, some would say strong opinions on. Because you, I mean, one that I saw, you, you it's on Instagram, so it's out there, right? Fuck off with capitalism. More consideration for other people. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, you were pissed off at that time. On some, I'm sure something prompted you to say that, right? No, no, I wasn't. I wasn't pissed off at all. I was actually in the interview. Um, they were asking me, "What do you think that society could do without?" And just observing how capitalism absolutely ravages people who aren't privileged and is a system that keeps awarding privilege and and honestly whiteness right um and wealth and it keeps it keeps that divide and it keeps poverty in place and it keeps and in and because of that it keeps separation as an ongoing cycle you know that's that's where that was coming from when i said that you know um it hasn't it hasn't helped it's not for the benefit of of human beings it's really just in search of of money and things which aren't that's not the point of, of living or or sharing or connecting with anything being just being human, in harmony being with human. life yeah with being human yeah. so yeah so when you listen to music what do you like to listen to and is does that also reflect a lot of your values or is it more just like a feeling getting up and dancing to something that just moves you honestly it's a crossover of all of that i could tell you now like I listen to, yeah, I could listen, I listen to Marvin Gaye. I listen to, and he taught, and his music is from a time where, you know, a revolution was happening, right? Like quite actively. And, um, but I'll also listen to Pusha P or, you know, Pushing P by Gunna. And it's just a vibe and I'm just dancing, right? And the dance hall is also very much a vibe. Let us flow, let us jive. Jive? Who says jive? I'm not talking so. <laughs> Anyway. Um, you too. <laughs> yeah. Make it hip now. 
Yeah, but FKA Twigs, um, Lola Zhao, Sarah Tavares, Kamal, Hozier, Tokyo's Revenge, Labyrinth that you were playing earlier, Miley Cyrus, Bia, ASAP Rocky, City Girls, Caroline Polachek, Lil Kim. Like I'm, li- I listen wow. to everything. Miley Cyrus. Yeah, I. <laughs> That's love the one that my- jumps out at me. Yeah. I love, I love Miley Cyrus, and it then obviously. And then obviously, like Shadi, I'm obsessed with her. Anita Baker, you know, but the classics. Um, but yeah, I listen. I listen to. I listen to everything. I do. Would you say that your sound is influenced by Jamaica? Would you say the same for your style? Absolutely. Because I wanted to just ask also, like a little social sociology of Rastafarianism hmm. with regard to women and their dress, and you know how they're <laughs> expected to look and behave. Yeah. And you're sort of caught in the middle of those worlds, right? I'm mm-hmm. sure you intersect with the Rastas as well as, as people who aren't, right? So, yeah. but you've taken a stand on that as well. Um, in, not so, in terms not, of, of your fashion looks? Yeah, I, I think my look, is, I think, is very Jamaican through and through. I don't think it's something that's un, um, denied. Like, I don't think it's something that's deniable. And I think the stand that I've taken as far as how I dress is less so, oh, I'm dressing like this because it's just like me expressing myself, you know? So if I um, if I see Diana Ross, right? And in the 80s, she had this incredible look of long gloves, white gloves, and then she had the, uh, the long train or she had really big hair, right? Um, if, I, if I'm inspired by that or moved by that in any way, I may want to recreate it my own way. You know, similarly looking at dancehall fashion where you have the fishnets and you have the ash, you know, your batty outer door and the belly skin and the big old earrings. Um, or if you look at the more dainty, more feminine, let doing less no nails just like a little pearl earring and just a simple um outfit like i i like to play in all of these looks and and for me it just is me expressing myself right and being a woman and um i think that i think it's a beautiful thing i think it's something to be celebrated and you also have becoming a little bit of a public figure as well or maybe have already been for a while because you're also making ads for safety or around Kingston and Jamaica yeah. to, how does that come about? Do you feel that that's part of your responsibility as well to speak out about things like that? Well, how I would answer that is that the music that I'm making, right? I hope to raise the vibration of just whoever is listening to it or just the, 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 the space around wherever it's playing. So when I was approached by that organization to join that campaign to as, as like a message um, that was denouncing crime that felt very much that like something that was high, vi- high vibrational to me. And so it's less so that, oh, I need to be saying this and I need to be doing that. It's just like if it's something that is in line with improving and 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 encouraging love and and joy and peace and community and compassion, then I would probably lend my voice to it, right? If I have the time or if I'm in the space to do that. So that's how that happened. Well, thank you so much for lending your voice today for the Light Culture Podcast. For sure. It was great talking with you. I'm always surprised by my guests. Really? So, and <laughs> including you. So thank you very much. 
For sure, you're welcome, David. Your questions were, I like them. They were challenging. You've been listening to Light Culture. You can find us at shopverb.com, Light Culture, or at Light Culture Podcast. Thanks again to Burb. You can follow them at shopverb on Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to and review the show. If you would like to get in touch, reach out to me directly at David Reporting. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.